0: Connecting for positive change.
1: Um, so, welcome everyone to this new episode of the Battery Cafe focusing on advanced materials for batteries. I'm Nicoletta Pipiridou from the Clean Energy and Infrastructure team at Innovate UK KTN hosting today's episode alongside my colleague, Dr. Nila Mughal. Hi Nila. Hi
0: everyone, I'm Nila, and I look after advanced materials at KTN. This covers a range of materials for high-tech applications such as energy storage and materials for space. Really happy to be here with you today Nicoletta.
1: Fantastic. Thank you, Neelam. And just a brief intro to the Battery Café. It is an initiative of the Cross-Sector Battery Systems Innovation Network, a community funded by Innovate UK, KTN and the Faraday Battery Challenge. And it aims to open new markets for the battery industry, promote innovation in batteries and help decarbonize a wide range of end users. If you haven't already, please go check out our online platform at ukbatteriesnetwork.org org, you will find lots of useful material and all the previous episodes of our Battery Cafe. So today we're joined by James Baker, CEO, Graphene at Manchester. Hi, James.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: So everyone, make yourselves a coffee and join us. Um, Starting um, today's um, episode, James, for those who are not very familiar with this space, what exactly do we mean by advanced materials?
2: So advanced materials are often thought about today. I'm here really representing 2D materials, graphene and other 2D materials. And often they're talked about as new materials or advanced materials. But from my view, an advanced material can be any material where you can improve the property or function of it by adding a new coating or adding some functionality for that, for example. So it doesn't have to be this new family of two dimensional materials. It can really be any material that we use today in manufacturing of our vehicles, of our batteries, of our structures uh, in the future. And again, it's quite interesting. We're now seeing some traditional materials where we can really improve their functionality through the addition of a new advanced material or a coating to them to improve the performance of that product.
0: Thanks, James. So, you mentioned graphene there. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about graphene and its advantages for batteries and how we're already seeing it, seeing it be used?
2: So, certainly. I'm, I'm part of the University of Manchester when, in 2004, graphene was first isolated using sticky tape and graphite to isolate that single atomic layer of carbon. So, as a single atomic layer, two-dimensional material, graphene has some fantastic properties like mechanical strength, thermal conductivity, large surface area, and they're all properties that can be really suitable for the current and next generation of battery energy storage technologies. So when you look at conductivity, um, graphene theoretically is the most conductive known material. If we can exploit those properties around the durability of a battery, then clearly there's opportunity to improve durability or charging time for, for a battery. We also want to try and improve the capacity of our batteries. So again, some of the high surface area in particular graphene is particularly suitable for for increasing surface area and improved capacity. So you're already starting to see graphene as an additive, whether it's graphene in the packaging, graphene in the anode, the cathode or in the substrate or in the membrane. So we're starting to see graphene added to different forms of batteries. As well as looking at new forms of batteries or even supercapacitors, where you get that rapid charge, discharge, where graphene and 2D materials are really starting to play a key role in terms of some of that battery technology.
1: Thank you very much. And that's all well and good and great to hear about all these advantages. But what would you say are the biggest technical challenges and what about other 2D materials?
2: So, challenges going back to, to Manchester, you know. 2004 to today, 18 years, sounds a long time. But for any new material, it can take many years from discovery through to products in the marketplace. And that's partly down to technical challenges, understanding how to make the material, how to use it, how to mix it. So we are addressing still many of those technical challenges around new materials. Today, you can buy graphene by the gram, by the kilogram, by the tonne. So companies have started to scale the manufacture of the raw material itself. And again, they're going through things like reach registration. So it's approval to use in things like batteries, which is very important. So there are lots of technical challenges that have to be overcome. But the one I'd probably pick out more in terms of commercializing is is some of the scale up challenges. How do we scale up these new materials into our batteries both existing battery technology, but also new battery technology. And it might be in the formulation of the electrode or the production of the electrode, or it could be actually in terms of the integration of that of that um, anode and cathode into a pouch cell or into a coin cell to, to make a battery. So the access to scale up facilities for me is absolutely critical. And it's something I know the UK is really looking at. We have the Geek, Graphene Engineering Innovation Centre in Manchester, where we have an energy lab, but also in places like Warwick, where we have increased scale-up facilities of battery technology. I think is absolutely critical if we're going to accelerate these new materials into our products of the future. And we talked a lot about graphene, but I'm also seeing now a whole family of other 2D materials, over 150 2D materials now being studied at Manchester, So as well as your graphene, we're into, for example, products like MXene's that are showing great promise for energy storage in the future. And if I just look at MXene's as an example, we're starting to scale the production of that material from grams to kilograms. Towards the end of this year, we should be towards the one ton capacity, which will really make those other 2D materials increasingly open for use in energy storage and battery devices in the future. So some exciting times, but still lots of challenges to achieve both the technical as well as the scale up challenges. And then beyond there, we get into things like disposal. So how do we make sure we do this safely and end of life and we can recycle those materials in the future? So many challenges when you look at the whole life cycle and the technical and the scale up at the start. But we also need to address things like sustainability and recyclability if important, if we're going to commercialise those products in the future.
1: Thank you, James. That was excellent. And actually, this reminded me, um, we recently ran a US-UK battery technology research and uh, innovation online summit. And it was interesting to learn about the common challenges between the two nations. You've mentioned now recycling, and that was pointed out there. Nilam, what else was your key takeout from that activity?
0: So another a key area for collaboration between the two countries would be looking at the supply chain um of these critical resilient materials um and recycling as rightly so and you know what are the opportunities there for um reusing um and finding end of end of life um opportunities for very critical materials in batteries including graphite um so my question here really James is um, what other countries would you say that are pioneers in advanced materials beyond the UK? You know, w- what lessons can we learn from what's
2: happening abroad? So you can see pockets of innovation around new materials, and if I look at batteries in particular, you know, certainly you've mentioned the USA. So we continue to see some great developments around the USA in advanced materials. Quite interestingly, for me, um, USA are probably a little bit behind when it comes to graphene, but they seem to be taking more industry around the broader family of 2d materials I mean, other pockets that we often talk about are things like south korea where you had companies like samsung in the early days doing an awful lot around electronics and graphene products and applications and that leads us probably into china and i don't think you can underestimate the amount of activity coming out of china um, often a little bit more difficult to to be aware of and to control but certainly we see a lot of battery and advanced materials interest and activity um, from our from our Chinese um, universities and industry. And then finally, I, I don't think you can dismiss Europe you know, with the work around Tesla, for example, if I stay on batteries and some of the gigafactories that are starting to spring up around the automotive sector. So I, I think it is very international, you know, advanced materials, you know, materials go in whether it's a battery, whether it's a vehicle, an aircraft, um, or even concrete. Advanced materials will increasingly play a role in the future and you are seeing real pockets of activity. Part of our model is very much a collaboration model. We do collaborate with companies in Brazil. We collaborate quite strongly with our colleagues in UAE, United Arab Emirates, where we're actually based in The Geek in Manchester, which is called the Mazdar Building which is a part of a partnership with UAE. And quite interesting from my perspective, we've now got real interest from UAE around graphene products and applications in their country. And that can increasingly offer collaboration opportunities for UK academia and industry. So yeah, lots of pockets around the world, but I think real hotspots are probably around the US, around Korea and China. But I think Europe is also very strong around advanced materials.
1: Thank you very much, James. And um, while um, this is clearly an energy storage uh, focused podcast, KTN is always keen to promote the right technology for the right solution or opportunity. So um, just wondered whether there are any other sectors that you think think that um, graphene could make a big impact in?
2: One area we're seeing graphene playing a big impact is is that around sustainability and the drive towards net zero. So in addition to your energy storage batteries for electric vehicles, if we can lightweight our vehicles, so we can make them lighter weight to use less fuel, less emissions. and um, But also in construction, you know, alone, if you look at cement as one case study, I believe globally cement contributes towards 8 to 10% of the global carbon dioxide emissions around the world. And what we found in construction by adding as little as 0.01% of graphene into concrete, we can reduce the thickness of the slab required by up to 30%. So, if we could do that across concrete and reduce the amount of material by 20 to 30%, that would have a global reduction around 2-3% of CO2's around the world. So renewable, um, uh, recycled materials, reduction in concrete construction and this drive towards net zero. I'm seeing graphene and advanced materials playing a real role in supporting our ambitions of lighter aircraft, lighter cars, longer lasting batteries through to new types of roads and structures that hopefully use less cement and construction materials all supporting that drive towards net zero
0: thanks a lot james so you, you highlighted there some really exciting commercial opportunities um so you know watch the space for graphene um but I, I do have a question there around the time scales where do you how where do you see us in 20 years time um with regards to graphene being used in all of these sectors you just mentioned
2: So it's a really big question. Mm, I think it depends on on the area you look at. What you're finding already though, is where there is a relatively easy certification or verification, so training shoes, paints, coatings, where you don't have to certify a new product. You're actually seeing graphene starting to play a key role in industry today. You can buy training shoes, you can buy jackets, you can buy clothing. You can take paint from, from your um, hardware store for anti-corrosion coating, as an example. So already you are seeing graphene appearing in everyday life. Ford in America have graphene in the foam in their engine bay. Over 5 million cars on the road from Ford with a graphene foam in the engine bay. Over the next 10 years though, I think we're gonna see an increase of more sophisticated products. We're starting to exploit the more unique features of graphene and 2D materials. So it's in your batteries or your supercapacitors. Already we're seeing some um, hybrid pseudo-capacitors being trialled by clients in the UK, where we're integrating a battery and a supercapacitor as like a hybrid solution. And they're finding the way into early prototypes and, and early demonstrators. So yeah, I think you're going to start seeing an increase in graphene playing a role in existing products. The more exciting one, 10, 20 years, water filtration is is one that I can see making a real difference. If we could take a graphene membrane that we could allow water to pass through but could block contamination or salt um, to get drinking water through a simple filter, again, that really has the ability to transform the way we currently um, uh, have, have water around the world today. Probably initially, you're not going to go for pure drinking water but for example, I see people in your house taking rainwater and being able to recycle or reuse that, reuse that for washing or for irrigation. So we start to reuse some of our materials and increase in amount. So this whole circular economy, I think, is going to be quite driven by graphene, 2D materials, advanced materials, but also be able to use recycled materials. So some great work coming out of the US and the UK, for example, where you could take plastic, your waste bottles, you could chop that plastic up and reuse that plastic into a graffitic material that you might be able to mix with your concrete. So, again, this circular economy, I think you're going to see increasingly over the next 10, 20 years, and it will open the doors for this recycling or reuse of existing materials to our roads, into our structures and into our everyday life.
1: Thank you very much. And um, we covered so much ground uh, in, in this short period of time, looking at graphene for so many applications, looking at other countries, etc., etc. But if we were to leave the energy storage audience just with one key takeaway from today, what would it be?
2: I think the key thing I really like to promote is engagement. We've developed a business model in Manchester that we call make or break or, or fail fast and learn. Batteries aren't easy. They are complex. They're complex integrated systems. But with facilities like the Geek, like the Catapults in the UK, the ability to integrate a new material and to rapidly to test that to see if you can improve the performance and then do that spiral development. We're not gonna create a new battery overnight, but by innovating, by bringing together the best of the supply chain, academia with industry and engaging, for me, we can bring these new forms of energy storage. So I think the takeaway message is if you're not looking at new materials or you're not looking at um, engaging with academia or the catapults, you know, for me, just take that time to see what's taking place. We have some great researchers around the UK. We have some great facilities and capabilities supported by Innovate UK, the KTN. You know, ability to do rapid programs and prototyping to experiment and to bring those new ideas and innovations to market, I think there's never been a better time to be able to do that. But you need to engage to start that process off. Thank
1: you so much, James. That was. A- Fantastic. Thank you. And uh, thank you, Neelam, as well. Thank you all for listening. Um, We hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. Uh, Don't forget to visit our online hub on ukbatteriesnetwork.org and register to receive our news and updates and participate in the networking area of the hub. Our next episode will focus on scale-up, looking at how investment is helping companies to grow and the role for our investment readiness programme. Bye for now.
0: Connecting for positive change.